Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Wallop and web snappers! My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? <laughs> Smile, Spider-Man. Oh, I'm just practicing what I'm going to say when I finally meet Spider-Man. <laughs> To listen to this show, find us on 4EyedRadio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit RevengeLover.com. And we'd like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular tier patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, Jason, and David. Thank Smile. You. Smile. <laughs> Thank, thankfully, we got that practice out of the way for how we're going to yeah. see smile, smile Spider-Man. I know. I know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are talking about Ultimate Spider-Man. If you missed it last week, we finally started talking about the one show uh, Spider-Man animated cartoon property situation that we hadn't even <laughs> dipped our toe into yet. Yeah. Um, so we're here um, and we're doing it. Yeah. We are doing it. We're doing it. I would def- definitely listen to that one if you hadn't heard it because there's a lot of really fascinating yeah. background stuff. They'll probably like reference as we're going through this just because we yeah. talked about it. it's a continuing conversation. And this is part two of a pilot too. So like I think they'll be good companion pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is going to be a lot less dense of a conversation because I don't have a ton it's of gotta be. <laughs> background to stuff. Be. And I feel like, I mean, there's still a lot of new characters in this though. Well, there are. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if you want to watch these episodes with us, uh, you can find all of them on Disney Plus. Very easy. Mm-hmm. This episode we're talking about Ultimate Spider-Man Season 1, Episode 2, entitled Great Responsibility. I finished this thing in under 20. I completed mine in under 18. There's no discipline to his fighting technique. He's just thrashing around hitting it. But Fury says he's good for the team. Why is Fury testing a new candidate? I didn't approve this. Hold it. Director Fury, I've never questioned your choices when it came to the others. Others? But in this case, we're dealing with a complete wild card. You see, I'm with S.H.I.E.L.D. Small world. No, 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 no! I never signed on to be part of a team. Spider-Man, each one of those heroes is just like you. At a crossroads, they could use guidance from a kid who's been at this a while. I can't be responsible for what happens to a bunch of rookies. I know you feel responsible for what happened to your Uncle Ben, but at some point, you're allowed to forgive yourself and start over. I wouldn't have made this offer if I didn't see potential in you and all four of them to be the next generation of great heroes. Next Avengers. Okay, Nick, I'll join your junior glee club, but I still operate solo as Spider-Man. It's my version of me time. Done. Say hello to your new classmates. Danny Rand. Luke Cage. Sam Alexander. Ava Ayala. Think about it. 
Oh, some idiot gave Fury the bright idea we needed me time away from S.H.I.E.L.D. Awkward. Synopsis per IMDb is, when Spider-Man accepts Nick Fury's offer to be trained by S.H.I.E.L.D. to become the ultimate Spider-Man, he discovers that he will be joining forces with four other teenage superheroes, Nova, White Tiger, Power Man, and Iron Fist. The original air date was the same day as the first episode, April 1st, 2012, written by the same guy, Paul Dini, and directed by Tim Eldred and Phil Pignotti. Um, We talked about Tim Eldred because he also directed last week's episode. Phil Pignotti, we have talked about him before um, as as a director on Spider-Man 2017. He actually directed the first non-web episode of that show. Uh, So we talked about him on our, our number 77, Horizon High Part 1. I just realized you said that one of Paul Dini's favorite characters was Atana, and he literally married a magician. Yeah. And his name is Paul Dini. Like Houdini. Paul Dini. <laughs> We're really learning a lot. Do you lot think about it was Paul always Dini. pronounced Dini, or do you think he recognized what I just did and was like, it's not Dini, you guys. I it's Paul know. Dini. I, that's fascinating. That is a fascinating I observation. I don't I know. know. I'm glad I made it. Thank you. Um, so we have a lot of characters highlighted in this second episode because it is a continuation of the first, and this show has a big cast. So this time around, we are introduced to Dr. Connors. We will inevitably talk more about him in a more Connors-focused episode, kind of like we mentioned with Otto last week. I think we've um, already talked about his voice actor anyway because I think it's the same voice actor as Spectacular Spider-Man, I believe. I, I think, think you I, might be right. I think it's Steve Radley Baker, but we'll get to that. Um, there will be a Dr. Connors-focused one. We'll, yeah, we'll talk oh, about for sure for sure he doesn't say a whole lot this episode no. um we do get phil colson as well and i don't have a ton to say about phil colson because he's voiced by clark Gregg, the guy who originated the role and i think i mean maybe the he's only the only one, one to play it at this point it. yeah yeah there is actually like a fun <laughs> quote that i saw from on like a collider interview when this came out because like they asked him about this show they were sort of like how did you end up playing because this was I think for context, actually, before we even get to that, yeah, context, no, this is important context. This came this came out before the Avengers movie came out, right? Just only weeks before, but they were producing this before the Avengers movie came out, um, and it, and it aired before then. In, in Avengers, that character spoiler dies. What it does eventually come back? Like they bring <laughs> him back to life in the show, but in the context of that movie, as far as everyone knew, the dude died. So I think it's really <laughs> funny that they like brought him into this show and then killed him off. And I don't know that they necessarily when they wrote that character dying in the Avengers, if they knew for sure that they were going to bring him back for his own TV show or not at that point, to be honest. So it's very funny that it's sort of like mm-hmm. the dude who like is a major turning point death in that movie is like just a fun little comic relief <laughs> character in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hilarious, but Clark Gregg did comment on this in an interview. Like they were like, how did you end up, you know, in the show? And I, you know, I think it makes sense. The producers wanted there to be corporate synergy with the movies. Like we talked about last week and stuff. So of course they're going to have the sort of, this sort of weird fan favorite, like minor supporting character that only grew in relevance as the movies went along. Of course, they're going to put him in just to have those ties to the movie. And, um, they, and he was approached to do it. Um, and he was like, they asked him if they want to do the voice. And he said, I thought I have to do the voice because I have a daughter and we watched some cartoons 
iTunes and I couldn't bear the idea Aww. of tuning in and hearing somebody else's voice. Um, so <laughs> That's not where I thought that was going. No, it's not like <laughs> I thought yeah. it was going to go where you would expect, which is like, and I just thought she would be so proud and would think it was so cool. <laughs> yeah. It's her dad's like, a cartoon. Yeah. No, it's just like, I don't want somebody else to do my <laughs> role. That would be weird. I mean, it's very he funny. is in this sort of unique position where like that character was created for the movies. Right. Yeah. Like he really, truly did originate that character and kind of became like instantly iconic. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny to see him now. I don't really, cause I feel like the Colson of it all, like kind of petered out, like he got his show and then the show's sure. over and now he's yeah. just like gone from the universe. So like yeah. watching it now, it's kind of funny cause it's sort of like, I don't really care, but it's, it makes sense at the time that I feel like people would just be like, Ooh, that's Colson. We love Colson. Right? Like it makes sense. Um, yeah. I'll be curious how much they give him to do because based on this episode and like, you know, what the little I've seen afterwards, he very much is just kind of like, it's funny that Phil Coulson is in this show (laughs) and here's some jokes for him and that's it. Like, which is fine, but it's kind of the JK Simmons thing where it's sort of like they got your fun come in for a day. Yeah, they got they got the fun movie person that everyone will recognize. Got him to record a few lines, and then they're out of the out of out the door. Like that's yeah. yeah. Which you know, again, it's fine. I don't know that I need it, but I appreciate that it's there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, you mentioned them. We get this new team of heroes here. One of whom is Nova. Um, he is voiced by Logan Miller. This is definitely his longest television credit, but he also starred in a Disney XD live action series called I'm in the Band. Um, that won't be the last time you hear about that show. Um, and for Walking Deadheads, he was Benjamin from season seven. And he stars as Ben in the movie Escape Room and its sequel. So presumably he escapes. Mm. Nice job, Ben. I've heard those movies are way better than they should be. I've that's what I've heard s- as well. Yeah, I've never seen them. I've heard they're really good. I've heard there's like a director's cut of one of them that's better than the original version too. Oh. I don't know. One day I'll check it. Or no, maybe not that it's better, but like wildly different or something. I don't know. See, that to me is so much more interesting. That's a way more interesting conversation than just like, it's better. It's better. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I think it's a different, I think it's very different or something Hell like yeah. that. I don't know. Those movies, there, there are people who are like really stick up for those movies, um, especially because if you hear escape room the movie it's just you're going to be cynical about it yeah i think it's stupid but apparently no, they're pretty people good being like wait actually <laughs> yeah yeah so i have to remember the problem is i forget about them so i, I need yeah. to just remember they exist and get them mm-hmm. to watch yeah we also get power man aka luke cage and he is voiced by og banks um who is the voice of karashi in naruto and omoi in naruto shippuden uh, he also voiced Claude Wolf in the Monster High series and several of its <laughs> movies, presumably a werewolf character. Um, I guess so. I would, I would think. I hope so. <laughs> um, he voices several characters across the Bratz movies, uh, also several Barbie movies. Like it's interesting. For some reason, he's just like in a lot of these like doll adaptation properties. It's just <laughs> it's like an interesting funny. pattern. Yeah. Um, he also voiced Ricardo Perez and Stretch Armstrong in the Flex Fighters, which we did do a commentary on over on our Patreon. Yeah. And get this, Derek. Oh, my God. Among his earlier acting credits is Zane, the Black Dark Ranger from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And when I looked it up, I was like, holy fuck, you're right. That is him. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who got to, to, got to come on the set of Power Rangers and do absolutely fucking nothing? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> one of the most, one of the most like wasted, wasted plot lines ever oh, in the history of that show. Could have been so good. Yep. Though. Yep. Uh, 
comics did a version of Dark Rangers that are kind of mm. rad, actually. So yeah, yeah, because the potential to, was there. They didn't have to deal with a terrible budget, so yeah, so true. <laughs> Costumes so true. that just ripped when you slightly <laughs> moved in them. Oh God. Well, we also get White Tiger, who's voiced by Caitlin Taylor Love. Uh, she also starred in I'm in the Band alongside Logan Miller. Mm. But that and this are the bulk of her acting credits. Mm. Um, I tried to find what she's up to, but her website is completely inactive. Um, and the last time she posted on Instagram was in 2014. Twitter only a little bit later in 2017. I genuinely have no idea what she's up to, but it seems like she mm. opted to pursue music after ultimate um and not acting so interesting okay. i think that's probably what she's doing but this is like one of the few things that you will find her uh acting in hmm. hope she's so doing okay neat. yeah yeah and we get iron fist who is voiced by greg sipes um he is the voice of beast boy in teen titans teen titans go and young justice Kevin Levin and Ben 10 and Michelangelo in 2012's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle series. So he's done some pretty huge stuff. I would argue pretty iconic voice. <laughs> oh, I recognized his voice the second that he started talking. In right. Like, oh, yep, yep. <laughs> sort of like, okay. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's interesting, like the group of actors working together as this. Yeah. Like foursome because they are all wildly different poles. It's interesting too, because this show is pulling so like, there's there's plenty of voice act you know voice actory voice actors on the show but it really is pulling a lot of just like live action actors and and yeah. like you know stuff uh some stunt castingy things so i'm kind of surprised that like your four main superheroes that at least for this first season are intended to like be the main ensemble along with spider-man i'm kind of surprised that these aren't like you know disney channel stars or nickelodeon stars well, to that same extent you know i think two of them i think logan miller and caitlin taylor love i think this is part of them being set up to be disney stars and and i just don't think it happened yeah yeah that 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 makes sense you know like i i imagine because because caitlin taylor love goes on to pursue music i imagine she was like a dove cameron type where it was like Mm -hmm. you will act you will sing you will do a little bit of everything you know yeah yeah Um, and it just didn't pan out that way interesting so like two well practiced and experienced voice actors and two sort of like up and coming at the time i guess yeah fascinating Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean they all do well like you know like i don't have any issues with them off the bat i mean i guess we'll see the more we see them yeah i don't have an issue with uh, yeah i don't have any issues with the acting of them it's really hard to pin these characters down in this show because i feel like they're kind of built to be annoying because we're seeing from spider-man's perspective in a way that i think is kind of hard that's gonna be interesting and i know I that feel like it stays that way but my memory isn't great for this yeah show, so i don't hopefully... know because i know that they're characters that people at the time really hated and i kind of understand why because i feel like they're so directly antagonistic towards spider-man and it's like kind of a, a hard place to start for characters like that but i i will be interested to see how that changes that is interesting because i feel like i i definitely get what you're saying and i definitely see where that comes from because there's no arguing with the fact that they are directly antagonistic towards him especially because it's told through his perspective Mm -hmm. but i feel like most of them didn't really annoy me that much Mm -hmm. i don't know we'll see we'll see yeah yeah we'll see how i feel (laughs) (laughs) um man the i we could just dive in i guess that's let's do it yeah let's do it (laughs) 
So this episode opens with Spider-Man tackling a shield training activity against a series of robots. Um, He's instructed to disable them, but he basically just destroys as many as he can. Um, And he does this while a group of other young superheroes watch and kind of argue about whether he'd be good for the team, as Nick Fury apparently told them he would be. Yeah, there's a lot of cutaways like right at the top of this episode, I noticed. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it's too much or not, but I I think it's, uh, I don't know. I that was just that was like my first thought when I was watching. It's just sort of like there's a lot of cutaways here, but I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I don't, I don't remember any of them standing out, so I, yeah. I would maybe make the argument they weren't necessary. That's that's why <laughs> I think that's why I'm struggling because I'm tr- I don't yeah. remember what any of them were. I didn't write out what any of them were. That I just remember that feeling. So yeah, so maybe that's a nod. Maybe that's a criticism <laughs> then yeah. <laughs> that there shouldn't have been so many because <laughs> there's already yeah. a lot happening. There's a lot of action and introducing these other characters or at least getting our first looks at them you know know. what's funny is i would i could have sworn that there was a joke in here about spider-man being asked to disable them and destroying them instead but maybe that's a future episode i don't remember or am i thinking of a different show but i was like ready for it because you know nick fury tells him you know captain america did this in 10 seconds or whatever the case yeah. is and then spidey gets really frustrated in this scene and just starts like beating the shit out of stuff mm-hmm. so i really was prepared for that to be a joke and it never is yeah i mean that feels like that's a pretty common joke and stuff so you might just be yeah. thinking of it something else or like 2017 might have had something like that maybe I, I guess the idea is like he's genuinely meant to be a mess like as the other heroes are observing him so like yeah. you have uh Basically, like, the guys on the team are sort of like, I don't know, maybe he'd be okay. And then you have, of course, like, the one girl character being like, I don't like him. (laughs) Yeah. He's messy. Yeah. (laughs) I I like her, but it, you know, it's, if I had to guess the one girl character they would write, it's, it's that. I like White Tiger, but it definitely feels at this point of, like, the very typical, like, the one girl is the most capable because we're cool feminists, say the right. team of men that are writing the show. Like, right. it's like, okay, well, She's I mean, she's strong headed have... and isn't afraid right. to speak her mind to all the boys <laughs> because there are no women to speak to. Right. Because she's the only female character <laughs> in the cast at this point. Right. Like, she'll yeah. have every personality characteristic because there's nowhere else to spread them uh, to. Huh? I will be interested to see how it goes. I mean, she gives you vibes of like what early Anya was in 2017 very, before very they kind of. Have figured out what they wanted to do yeah. with her and i worry that that's all she's gonna be but we'll see <laughs> the problem with it is i usually like that character because i mean part of it is there are no other characters to really for them to play off of i guess in a similar vibe it's always sort of like against other people but they often end up being like you said smart and capable and all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. um so it ends up being this like tricky sort of like they they don't get to be anything else and so right. one of the things they get to be is capable so right it's, it's I, it, i'm always conflicted with characters like her and i felt this way with anya too where it was like yeah. i like her but i also wish that she could be you know fleshed out or have more room to to operate also like s- girls can be dumb sometimes and f- dumb and that's, funny too. that's the thing like that's like, allowed to it's happen okay because yeah. if you have more than one female character yeah. you can if, have different characters <laughs> yep yep one of whom yep. can be stupid and it would be funny right right <laughs> Uh, I do. I uh, wonder. I, th- that is one thing too that I'm also curious how the show is going to go as it goes along because I do feel like the four from this single singular episode, I kind of have a hard time really pinpointing the like archetypes for these four characters. It will make them all distinct. Like it feels like 
I mean, we'll meet them a little more. I kind of get it, but also, like, I don't know. I want them to be even more distinct than they actually are. Like, I feel like White Tiger's really capable. Iron Fix is quiet, I guess. Nova just hates Spider-Man. And then Power Man is, like, cool. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel feel, like they can be more distinct. hmm, I don't know. I feel like I get them very quickly. I feel like Power Man is a a gentle, giant, nice guy, you know? I feel like Nova is your hothead. You're sort of, like, human torchy type character, Mm, which is a little on the nose for their power sets. Um, And then Iron Fist is, like, the most hippie version of that type of um, character you could write. Yeah. The one that I really can't pin down is just is just white tiger because they're relying on her to do too much. Yeah. I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. Um, I guess it's more, I guess I, you know, this might might just be an expectation thing. Cause I guess I, I, this show has like kind of a broad sense of humor most of the time. So I would expect an ensemble team to be a little broader than it actually is. And they're not really, they're actually a little bit, they're kind of like more toned down than I would have expected them to be. They're not as like distilled into their like particular like role in the dynamic. Yeah. So I think maybe I'm just like not giving the show enough credit. And like, I think it should be a more like, they're not just built to be a comedic team. Like they are Mm -hmm. built to be a real team just in a setting that is predominantly comedy, I guess, if that makes sense. So actually that, that kind of helps. But I but those. I get where you're coming from, especially this early in the show. It's weird because they don't. I mean, they aren't much more than a supporting cast together in this yeah. in this particular episode, right? So mm-hmm. I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, but but we got a hundred episodes coming I do after think, this. I mean, if I'm if I'm <laughs> wrong, that'll be something to talk about. But I think that's what each one of these characters is is going to be. Yeah. Yeah, we got we got a hundred episodes to see how they get yeah. <laughs> to, to, to fleshed sure. out potentially. So. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. And I have a feeling we probably could guess. You know, if if those archetypes are their archetypes, at least for the three guys, I bet you we could even predict what some of their like character focused episodes will be. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. Nova being the easiest to figure out, I think. Yeah. Um, we also get this moment that I love where once Spider-Man is done with his, uh, his activity, his training activity, Nick Fury is just like, all right, you're done. Web parachute test. And like hits a button and drops Spider-Man out of the fucking helicarrier. I do like that. I think that's very (laughs) funny. Yes. Yes. I think everything (laughs) they do with the web parachute in this episode is like really good. So good. I think it's very funny. Yeah. And the way that it it all ends does justice to one of my favorite web constructs. Yeah. I think that they use the absurdity of a web parachute incredibly well Uh, and like get mine really good humor out of it. Yeah. Yeah. They get it. They get it over there. (laughs) You know, the web parachute test happens. Spidey is able to not die and like deploy the web parachute and everything. Um, (laughs) So he returns to the city from that helicarrier, parachutes past Norman Osborn, who is on the phone with Otto Octavius, uh, continuing their conversation on the previous day about how Spider-Man mustn't be wooed by S.H.I.E.L.D. Peter then ends up visiting Harry in the hospital alongside Norman, who offers him a ride to school. I really thought that ride to school was going to matter and nope. it doesn't there's no it's scene pointless. in the car it's really weird it's so I weird i don't understand because anytime i think anytime you can get norman and peter in the same place where yeah. harry cannot interrupt them or even uh-huh. sometimes when he does is like such an opportunity and again like you said 100 episodes it'll happen but yeah, like but it just was right there yeah especially cuz he just established 
how much Norman likes Peter. You know, it's that typical yeah. relationship. There's your perfect, and, like, I would like to be your p- mentor, Peter, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Like, and Norman was asking questions about Spider-Man at Midtown High. Like, yeah. Norman's a sharp guy. So, it, yeah. you, I mean, all of this is is really dependent on just what story they're telling. So it's not like it's the end of the world that they didn't do this. I just thought they would because of the way yeah. they set it up. But it feels like it's a, it feels like there was a cut scene or something. It could have been. Like yeah. could have yeah. been. It doesn't, but I, does it ever follow up in this episode? I guess, I guess we'll have to evaluate. No, it at the end. I, but I just don't understand. I feel like the, the him getting a ride from Norman is what makes yeah. it feel like a cut scene. Cause it's a yeah. weird setup when Peter could have just gone to school and Norman right. had his conversation with Otto separately. Like those things mm-hmm. did not need to intersect in this at all. Yeah. Especially cause they, they almost kind of don't right? Like Norman walks in on um, Harry and Peter having a conversation. It's not like he even took him to the hospital. Yeah. Weird. So, Weird. Know. It was, it was strange. It was mm-hmm. strange, but not the end yeah. of the world. <laughs> yeah. So at school, um, which Norman apparently took Peter to <laughs> Peter, sure. Peter and Mary Jane, uh, talk about this claim that Spider-Man goes to Midtown High. Um, and Mary Jane shows Peter a flyer she made requesting an interview with Spidey, which says, Spider-Man, I will tell your side of the story. Call me, Mary Jane Watson. I don't think she leaves a phone number, so how nope. is he supposed to call you, MJ? I know, I thought of that too, but then I was like, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's good because maybe she shouldn't she just be like posting her phone number all over right. the school. Post your email or something. I don't know. No. Like, it's 2012. Come on. Post your... I guess he, she can expect he'll look her up on Facebook or something at that point. I don't well, know. Well, yeah, in 2012, it's like, find me on Facebook. I also think people our age are way weirder about our phone numbers mm-hmm. and like people having it and being able oh, to text yeah. us Absolutely. than people even just like 10 years younger than us for sure so, for sure I don't know. maybe i'm just reacting like a old millennial maybe yeah i i think this 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 scene is kind of funny because i i the hardest laugh that i got it's not even meant to be a joke i don't think i mean the first thing that was meant to be a joke because mary jane just walks up to peter and says smile spider-man which i was everything <laughs> in the top and peter freaks the fuck out like what huh what me i'm not spider what huh i'm not spider-man mary jane's like chill out which that's a funny moment on its own yeah. i like that what had me in stitches. I laughed so hard at this because it's so fucking stupid. It's not even a joke. It's like that. Like Mary Jane is appropriately reacting to Peter being a fucking freak and having a nervous (laughs) breakdown at being called Spider-Man. Um, but then her, her explanation is you silly. I'm practicing what I'll say when I finally meet (laughs) Spider-Man, you're practicing smile, Spider-Man. You're practicing the words smile, Spider-Man. What are you talking about? (laughs) That would actually be a, a kind of unhinged thing to say first. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Are you the Joker? Like, what are you talking about? That's so weird. And why uh, are you practicing? Why would you be practicing that? So yeah, weird. What a weirdo. So strange. So strange. <laughs> that was my biggest laugh of the episode. So- the the reporter thing comes from the Ultimate Comics, right? Yeah, that's where like right. Mary Jane as a journalist starts. Exactly. Yeah. How much? How much from your experience reading that comic? Like, how much does it get into like Lois Lane territory? I don't think it really. I don't think it really goes many places to my memory as yeah. the thing. I think it's an aspect of her character, but like, I don't think they really do a ton with it. Not as much as you would, I think, expect it to go. Part of it is because. 
you know, the initial Peter Parker run, like with before Miles comes in, is like in a pretty condensed period of time. Like I think it all takes place over a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, sliding mm-hmm. comic timeline, but like they're not allowed to really age beyond being like sixteen or seventeen. Sure. So there's sense. not like there's an opportunity for her to get a job. So she's only ever like doing school paper stuff, you know. And there's that connection with Peter being a web designer <laughs> at the Daily Bugle. But like <laughs> I, I to my memory, again, it's been a really long time sure. since I read through the ultimate comics but i, I don't mean, even just what you're saying about how they tell the story makes it mm-hmm. feel like there wouldn't be a ton of room yeah. for it and yeah. it's not like i ever got that vibe from the games where she's also a journalist i right. think the only re- this is the first time i've ever thought about it and it's for some reason the way that she writes her sign of like i'll tell your side of the story mm-hmm. like just that sort of like insider interview yeah. type thing of like trying to cozy up with the superhero something well, about it made me wonder yeah, it does that that does feel very Lois Lane and I think a difference too is that in Ultimate the Ultimate Comics she gets she's in on Peter's secret identity very early. Like that mm. was a major thing that they decided mm-hmm. to do. So you lo- immediately lose the Lois Lane triangle with two sides That's kind of true. situation anyway because she's just immediately directly involved in his Spider-Maning. So it's not like we need her to to do journalist stuff to get accidentally involved in the Spider-Man <laughs> stuff, you know. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Well, thank you for entertaining that question. I just don't know enough about question. Superman stuff to to know where to go with that. But it's a good question, and it'll, and it'll it will be interesting to see how they go, how what they do with it in this show, if anything. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, worried that Mary Jane would immediately recognize him, and I love this, by the way, because so many Spider-Man shows do not take this into consideration and are like not interested in exploring the idea that somebody would recognize him suited up. He's like, I'm not even going to chance it. I'm not even going to chance it. They do a whole cutaway where he imagines what it would be like for him to like even pretend. Um, and she just knows him right away. So he's like, not going to do it. And then he even goes so far as to say, like, Mary Jane, I don't think he's ever going to reach out to you. And I think you should be prepared for that. <laughs> and of course, she's like, yeah. I don't care. Not giving up. <laughs> yeah. Why doesn't he just... Like, message her or something as Spider-Man. Like, I don't know. It's On the, Facebook. 2012, the internet. <laughs> you don't have to meet her in person. Yeah. yeah. I guess I guess he's just afraid of contact, period, maybe. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Because, like, what is he going to do? I mean, the only way that it's he true. would be able to confirm that he is Spider-Man, I think, for her purposes, is to meet in person. Yeah. Um, Because, how, like... Because there are some things you could consider, right? Like, oh, if he could video call or whatever, but then who's yeah. he call? Like, what's he calling from? You know? Yeah, and then it still is like the issue of she can tell who he is by hearing him talk a lot. Oh yeah, so. yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's an interesting thing they throw out really early. That that will be interesting to see how that plays out, though, because like if they want to keep her as a regular character, she's gonna have to be involved in Spider-Man stuff, and will probably have to interact with Spider-Man at some point. So yeah, I guess you could argue that Peter is just wrong at how you know how easy it would be to figure out it's him but i don't mm-hmm. know yeah, I'm, I'm interested in how that play, plays i'm out. really curious to see who this mary jane is because uh, unfortunately like i don't remember much from I, what i watch. i mean yeah. it's been a while since i watched it but i really don't remember and i do remember like various bits and pieces of other things yeah it, it well and it's also a thing with the show that like because you have this big ensemble of Peter's school life along with a big ensemble mm-hmm. of the shield life. I can't imagine they get too super into 
the high school drama of it all. Like, yeah, she's probably my, just not even like in it that much. <laughs> right. That's my thing. And I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't a show that really like does much romance stuff or anything, you know, like, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how the, yeah. what the show does. Yeah. yeah. Well, after school, Nick Fury escorts Spider-Man through the helicarrier and introduces him to Dr. Kurt Connors, who has both arms, which was the case in Ultimate. I hate the joke, joke that they do it's so bad every, every no literally everything about it because here's what it is if you if you don't if you haven't seen the episode it's a fake out where dr connor shows up and it looks like he is missing an arm which mythology gag dr connor's technically typically doesn't have an arm and then peter's like reaches his arm out to shake hands notices it looks like he doesn't have an arm says "Ooh, awkward but then dr connor slips his hand through his sleeve showing that he actually did have the arm the entire time and shakes his hand. So first of all, it's like making a joke out of like, like a disability and then also like commenting on it badly. And then also like the whole joke is he's missing an arm in the comics, but now he's not, it's not funny. Like what it's to me, it's weird because he has two arms. Like, so like if he didn't have, if if this were an iteration where he does not have the one arm and you try to shake his hand, like I feel like that's a very human thing. The joke they tell is weird, where Peter audibly is like, <laughs> "Awkward." Yeah. Why would you I say think... that to a person? That's so I know, rude. right? That's that's super rude, as opposed to just like the moment being awkward and having because you can. I feel is there a movie or a cartoon that does this where like they show Doctor Connor's almost like compassion for the awkwardness of the moment by being like it's fine like i don't i feel like that's happened i don't know know, whatever in in spectacular spider-man like peter like awkwardly shakes his his uh prosthetic hand like but backwards or something like that and he kind of just like shakes it off that might be what you're thinking of something like maybe because like there is like it's a it's a real thing to represent right so it's cool when they do something cool with it and it's cool when you know peter especially as like a kid is like confronted with something he hasn't experienced before. But yeah, you're totally right. Like the moment he starts being like, aha, weird, weird thing yeah. I did, right? Especially yeah. when he has two arms. It's like, what are you doing? It's fucking weird. I don't, it's not worth it. It's not worth yeah. it at all. And it's all just to wink at the audience and be like, we subverted your expectations. And yeah. you thought you knew Dr. Connors, but actually you don't. Like, like it just sucks all around. Like it's totally pointless. It's really weird. It's yeah. really weird. Anyway. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to see Dr. Connors in this context anyway, because he's been working for S.H.I.E.L.D. developing Spider-Man related technology in anticipation of Spider-Man being recruited to S.H.I.E.L.D. And he's like so excited to share it with Spider-Man. He even says like, I've been following your career. Yeah. Like very closely. I have a feeling this is going to be the kind of show where like it's every single Spider-Man character is just going to be sort of worked into S.H.I.E.L.D. Like going to be part of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something like that. Like, I, I like in the way that sometimes, you know, they sort of combine Norman Osborn being responsible for the creation of a lot of villains. I think mm-hmm. this show is going to like a lot of characters in the Spider-Man world are going to have some connection with shield probably. So we're just going to see think, characters like this just pop up in a helicarrier. I think it could be okay as long as it's not like one-to-one, right? Like if it's yeah. literally just like, we've seen this before with Oscorp and it's the same thing, but over here with shield, 
I won't love it, not because it's shield, but because it won't feel like it's anything different other than we've put them in a different place. Yeah. Um, but I'm okay with them being involved with shield as long as like they all get their own story and like you could do cool things with it. I mean, they still are like a secret international, well, they're not really that secret actually, but like they are like an international espionage, whatever group you, you could tell interesting stories and villain origins there that get really complicated. For sure, yeah, yeah. But I, I, you're probably right. It's, yeah, it's, I don't. It's probably look, that's going to be like the vehicle. It's another thing that they, you know that I knew going into it was going to put me off because you know it, I feel like you do lose a lot of the like the tragedy of some of some you know characters and stuff when it's just like and they worked for a government organization and then it went wrong or something like that. Uh, but I think that's just the thing. Like this show is going to be very involved. But it could be fine. It's like if you're lazy about it, then it sucks. But it yeah. could, you you can tell compelling human stories in that context. Yeah. I don't I I I've never been super into shield related stuff. So I'm my expect my bar is going to be very low for this just because I don't vibe with it anyway. So if they sure. do anything remotely interesting with these characters <laughs> in the context of shield, I'll be happy. That's that's so interesting. We might have like very different reactions because like I also don't really care that much about like shield but i don't like dislike it at all so i feel like i'm expecting the potential to be like kind of like open mm-hmm. and you're sort of like meh if they do anything yeah. it'll be cool so like it'll yeah, be interesting I... to see like if they do something even remotely cool if you're like wow they did a thing and i'm right. like that was disappointing <laughs> we'll see <laughs> who knows yeah. yeah if my eyes don't glaze over in scenes in a shield helicarrier that's already better than than what i was expecting <laughs> damn so that's where i'm at and that's not a fault of the show i just don't vibe with the shield stuff yeah ever, no even i get the you MCU most of the time it's so. it's no and i i can't lie and say that it's like super interesting to me i i think that if i watched the actual show i would be into the show what i've seen of it i do like mm-hmm. it's more when it's the nick fury side of things that's what i mean yeah um that i'm just sort of like uh when it's just like spy motifs but it's like yeah. i like spy stuff sometimes but i don't care about spy stuff in a superhero universe you know and i know that's like which is weird because the intersection should be cool and if it it's out be. there and you're like hey doug here's the cool shit send it my way yeah sometimes it is i mean like there's a lot i mean like captain america winter soldier i like how it handles shield oh, stuff yeah in in that story but the, and, that, and that's a very like spy kind of story like i think it can be done well in a way that i like it for sure it's just nine times out of ten if you play nick fury shield stuff straight it's just not my thing personally i don't think it's bad or anything by, by any means yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. not my thing it's specifically. Thing. so it's hard to it's hard for me to get into it which you know a challenge for a show that's built on what if spider-man joined shield so mm-hmm. that's where we're at with this <laughs> <laughs> You got 102 more episodes, Derek. <laughs> um, okay, here's what's kind of interesting. Connors is so excited to show Spider-Man all this stuff. And Nick Fury is like, cool, we got Spider-Man here. Agent Coulson's introduction into this show is basically stepping in and being like, I don't agree with this Spider-Man thing. The Bugle's calling him a public threat. I don't think this is a good idea. And then Nick Fury is like, I'm not worried about what you think. And Coulson walks off. I'm like, so his role in this is to be the anti-Spider-Man guy in S.H.I.E.L.D.? You know... <laughs> Which works based on what happens at the end at of the this end. episode. But like, there's this so much potential. Yeah. But it's such a wild introduction. Like, that's our main character. That's our guy, buddy. Yeah. It is interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Fury like doesn't care about what Coulson thinks about Spider-Man, and it's just like 
go on, Spider-Man. Look at the gadget. So Spider-Man pulls this cover off of what turns out to be a motorcycle. And when I tell you I couldn't have been less interested. Doug, I was just, thank you for saying that, Doug. Can I tell you, I hate, I hate Spider-Man on a motorcycle. Period, at least, okay, at least Spider-Man's initial reaction is also like, this is fucking stupid, you guys. Like, I know it doesn't end there, but there was at least a moment where I was yeah. like, yes, correct. This is stupid. Yeah. Web slinging is the coolest thing in the world. Why would you do anything but that? <laughs> yes. That's like essentially what he says. Unfortunately, like they make the argument like, well, it's expensive, right? And you're like a poor ass kid, right? Shut up. It's like, damn it. <laughs> God, I hate it. And you know what? I will say, I just, there's a lot of motorcycling in this episode. I don't like any of it. I was so bored. It's, the I'm, yeah, time. I'm. I'm not that into it. There's not even an Akira slide, which is a sin in my book. Yeah, what the fuck, man? I mean, he's <laughs> got. It's not like he doesn't have the motorcycle in the end. Maybe he'll. I don't want him to ride it in future episodes, but I'm sure he yeah. will. And hopefully, we'll get an Akira slide at some point. But I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it just feels like in my mind, it can never be done too much. Every oh, single sure. animated property with a motorcycle could have it and i would be thrilled every single time it doesn't even need to be a motorcycle it could be no, a lion it and was you a fucking lion i thought the same thing in yeah. steven universe it was literally just a, a fucking lion. lion and it works it's so good <laughs> sometimes it's time. a bicycle like it yeah. yeah it doesn't matter it's it's one of the coolest if not the coolest thing ever in animation and every single animated <laughs> property should yeah. pay homage to it yeah. at some point so yeah. i bet you it happens but i just wild that it doesn't happen here yeah um, it is interesting because we'll we'll get to the details of it, but this whole motorcycle thing is specifically used to introduce Spider-Man, like intersect Spider-Man with the characters that were watching him earlier in the episode. Yeah. And what's weird about it is like that it's not even remotely like close to the necessary thing that needed to do. Like they could have come no. up with a thousand different ways to intersect him with these characters. And what they landed on was like him being bad at riding a motorcycle. It's like, like so wild. Like there's like doing the third thought so that it's not predictable. But this is like the thousand and yeah, third thought. This, like I never would have gotten here. You know, I hate saying this, but this is a thing that just feels like it's the toy commercial for the ultimate Spider-Man riding a motorcycle toy. Like to me, because I do doesn't know really if there make, was one. Not that I, it matters. I didn't but look I'm, it up, but I'm, I'm sure so that curious. there has because there, there were already Spider-Man in cars and motorcycles before this show so i feel sure. like they probably did um and i feel like this show had a pretty healthy toy line so like they're probably it i i, I it, this feels like a toyetic thing to me which i don't have a problem with in shows um but i don't care but i just when you don't care about spider-man on a fucking motorcycle mm -hmm. and they give it to you as like a centerpiece of the episode like this is like this is a pretty long action sequence and this is how you introduce your ensemble and it's just spider-man not knowing how to ride a motorcycle for a long really long time like i don't care and it just feels yeah this this feels like a toy commercial thing yeah. to me that's the only that's the only way i can really understand why this is the way to introduce your team of superheroes because it makes a lot, because I feel like it would endear, it would endear the audience more to them if they were helping Spider-Man fight a supervillain that he was struggling with. Right. Um, but in this case, it's just sort of like they're kind of getting in the way of his, 
chaotic fun i guess it's weird i don't i don't it, really get it yeah it i it's not for me <laughs> it definitely no. is not for me i yeah um don't like it's it. also very hard to find at least in a cursory search if they did release this toy because there have been so many spider-man motorcycle toys that's what i'm saying man. holy shit <laughs> i'm sure that there was and it's not even a cool looking motorcycle it just looks like I know all the toys are so much cooler. Yeah, it just looks like your typical grass shield metal equipment. Like that's okay. I think that's the thing that I don't like about a lot of at least modern day shield. You know, at least in the seventies, the shield was like brightly colored shit. But like modern day shield stuff Very is fair. so drab and just like minimalist, like industrial architecture bullshit that looks like nothing. I hate yeah. it. <laughs> I totally get you on that for yeah. sure. For sure. The one thing that's cool about the motorcycle, and this has nothing to do with Spider-Man or S.H.I.E.L.D. or anything, uh-huh. I do think the fact that it has, like, the dual wheels that can, like, do sort of, like, weird angly or separation things. Yeah, that's fun. That's cool. That's Kinda, cool. It's, like, it's n- not the same as, like, Elastigirl's thing, but the fact that it's, like, a motorcycle, which I normally don't like at all, like, I don't think they're cool. Um, sorry, everyone. Um, somebody <laughs> out there was just like, "Excuse me." Um, I don't. I don't hate motorcycles. I just don't. Want no, Spider- I know you. Don't. I just don't. I know want you. Spider Man on a motorcycle. I just don't think they're that cool to begin with. So if you can make something like very different about it, you can pique my interest. I'm also with you though. I don't need Spider Man on a motorcycle. Yeah, I get that. There's like camp, but this isn't camp. No, right. <laughs> like, they, they're trying to that. make it cool. Yeah, they're trying to make it seem cool. Yeah. Um. So anyway, he does end up on the motorcycle. Obviously, if you couldn't have gathered by that. And pretty much like immediately drives it out of the helicarrier because he sucks at it. Like he's not good at riding a motorcycle because he's yeah. like a 16 year old boy. <laughs> why did they think this would be okay? Like in universe, why would they think this would be? They oh. know he's a 16 year old boy. I'm sure Nick Fury is able to, should be able to okay. look up that he doesn't have his learner's permit. So why would he just give them, give him this bike? That's what's weird is, Okay, let's be nitpicky. Yeah. Nick Fury asks him, haven't you ever driven before? And even if Peter Parker drove himself to school every day in a car, which would be wild in New York City, which I appreciate Peter pointing out. Yeah. That's nothing like riding a motorcycle. They're wildly different vehicles that require wildly different skills. Especially a weird (laughs) high-tech one that can, like, make loop-to-loops on bridges. Like... Yeah. Dumb. Yeah. No, in-universe, this is absolutely stupid it makes no sense terrible idea wildly irresponsible nick fury has no business dropping responsibility as a guilt trip on peter parker when he's sending him out of a helicarrier in a motorcycle dumb (laughs) dumb and bad it's 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 not i don't hate this episode but this part of it is so bad and it goes on for way too long stupid let's just just speed through He, he does it badly he drives badly Ends up at a construction site, nearly crashes. That's when we meet the ensemble. Yes. They save him from blowing up, basically. Yeah, basically. That's all it really is. I do yell, like, your note, like, everybody does something except for Iron Fist, who doesn't actually really do anything. Right. Right. Because Nova actually, like, pulls Spider-Man off the bike. Power Man picks up the truck to make sure there's no collision (laughs) or explosion. White Tiger, like, again, cool as hell, like, jumps on the motorcycle. This is where there should have been an Akira slide, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Iron Fist just stands there. Like, what kind of introduction to a character is that? Yeah. And this is like pre, (laughs) this is pre like Netflix, like fucking up Iron Fist. Like Iron Fist is a cool character when you do it right. It's kind of a bummer that he doesn't really do anything in this episode. I guess, (laughs) I wonder, I wonder if the idea here 
And this is something you have, like, we have context for later in this episode. I wonder if the idea here is because Iron Fist is this sort of, like, like almost, like, uh, hippie, uh, like, super pacifist version of mm. Iron Fist. And I think Iron Fist is sort of frequently portrayed that way with sure. maybe not the humor side yeah. or, like, as, as caricaturized as this one. Maybe mm. the idea is, like, he doesn't really do that much unless he is doing, like, the big punch. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know we'll if that'll see. feel satisfying because no. um, martial arts are cool and he should do them. Yeah. Um, but at least in this episode, he's either at 0% or 100%. So yeah. Very maybe that was the idea. I guess so. That's, that's a good explanation. I hope that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the four of them do introduce themselves. I really love mm-hmm. the gag where Power Man calls himself Power Man simply because he's like, if he can call himself Spider-Man, I can call myself Power Man. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's funny. funny. Literally naming himself in the moment. That's pretty clever. Yeah. Especially because yeah. like Power Man kind of sucks as a name. Yeah. So like giving it, like making it sort of a joke, but something he cares about is kind of like the perfect way to actually name the character Power right. Man. Right. Well, and that's that's a mythology gag that I can get behind. It's not like your weird Dr. Connors thing. This is more like acknowledging like he's been known both as Power Man and Luke Cage. We stopped yeah. calling him Power Man because Luke Cage is honestly a cooler sounding name for I a person, know, right? for a hero than Power Man is. But we're going to kind of playfully acknowledge both of them. Yeah, for sure. Yep. But they introduce themselves and Spider-Man realizes as they're doing this that they are also young hero superheroes working with S.H.I.E.L.D. And he's like, hold on a sec. Returns to the helicarrier and argues with Coulson about how he didn't sign up for a team and he is out and like storms off. Um, tries to leave the helicarrier. Nick Fury tries to stop him and convince him to stick it out, arguing that the four need him. They need his guidance. He's someone with experience, but they don't have any experience, even though they've trained. And he also says Spider-Man needs to stop like distancing himself from people based on what happened with Uncle Ben. And Nick Fury is kind of a dick. <laughs> so I know that he's frequently yeah. portrayed as a dick, but like I, f- I didn't. I it's it's not bad writing, but like in universe, I'm like Nick Fury, bro. Like this is kind of yeah. This is like twice in two days you've done this with this particular tactic, knowing his particular shit. Like yeah, there's a way that you could help somebody get over things like this. There's a way to recognize like I feel like you're holding yourself back, but Nick Fury is doing this because he wants Spider Man to be a part of Shield and train his superheroes. Yeah, Nick Fury, he's a dick. He's using really awful pain points against yeah. Spider-Man. However, I Which do... Which I guess is in line with the MCU version in some cases. Yeah, I think like, that that's... By any means necessary. His, I think that's kind of meant to be his character. I don't yeah. think you're meant to think he's anything but a dick in this yeah. situation. <laughs> um, and I do, honestly, I do kind of like this rationale, even though obviously Nick Fury presenting it in this way is really shitty. I do appreciate the sort of rationale and tying it into the great power, great responsibility thing. And we're in sort of this idea that like... We know we saw in the first episode and we know just from Spider-Man history that he's a guilt trippy dude who like hates himself over every little mistake he ever makes. And he's offered this opportunity to be like, how about this is your way to move past all all this guilt that you have by like have finding a new responsibility and this new responsibility being to like help take care of this like new group of superheroes with this great power that you have. I think that that's a really clever way to work in the classic power responsibility thing into the concept of the show because otherwise like, you know, the idea of Spider-Man joining a team, like whatever, like I get that, but sort of like explaining his reasoning for why a character that normally is very adverse to joining a team would be willing to do that and tying that into 
you know, the power responsibility thing. I think that that's a really smart thing to do. I agree with you. That's why I wanted to clarify. Like, I don't think the writing on this is bad at all. It was purely just like Nick Fury is being a dick. Yeah. Um, it really, it, it super works thematically. It's the type of thing that like, they might've even been able to get him to that point in a different way. I think but so I do too. think all the pieces kind of fall into where this ends up. So I get yeah. how they got here. Um, but as far as, yeah, the, the reason he would ultimately join, um, makes sense. And I do think it is worth pointing out that like, he still doesn't agree. So like the fact that it's yeah. Nick Fury's argument is not good enough for Spider-Man. Someone else telling him that this is how he will get over it isn't enough for him to believe this is how he will move on. Right. Um, so they at least do that. Right. Yeah. So you're yeah. right. Like they do present him as a dick. I think we're supposed to realize like he's not doing a good job keeping Spider-Man around. His arguments are are almost scripted perfect as opposed to being the right things to say right um and the consequences that spider-man says no yeah i'll also say too i like the elevator like joke that they have like the awkward humor <laughs> like spider-man has, elevators so funny it really are so because they're so awkward because it's you and yeah, another person it's a universal in experience a, in a very small space and and if there's tension you you can't <laughs> not feel that tension because you're right jammed up next to each other and just so stuck true. in a little box for a while so and that's that's what i like about it is you know spider-man has this big storm off moment like i'm not doing this i'm quitting shield <laughs> and then immediately has to be in an elevator with nick fury the guy who like brought him into the situation that he'd have to say no to in the elevator for a very long period of time like just like standing yeah. there next to a man and nick fury obviously a man that's like known for like being tense and intimidating like it's a it's a really good well-handled joke yeah, yeah 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 i like it elevators you're right that's such a good point yeah oh yeah so good so good so good <laughs> Well, shortly after Spider-Man uh, refuses the uh, the offer to stick around, he is attacked by Wizard, Thundra, and Claw. Remember them? They they weren't defeated. They ran away. Honestly, so, forgot about them. <laughs> I kind of did too. It actually kind of worked perfectly. Like I don't know if they were relying on us to be like, who cares about them? But it worked. <laughs> yeah. And having battled Spider-Man before, they kind of have a better idea, which they actually do allude to in the first episode. Like that is what they were what they were doing is they were battling Spider-Man to gather information about his skills. So it makes sense here that they pretty quickly like immobilize him and are able to torture him in ways that really kind of fuck him up. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say one thing that very bad person Drake Bell is very good at is those like pain screams that he has mm -hmm. when he's being zapped. Um, yeah. Like you really feel that. He has like a, a, a particular texture in his voice that like really works for when he's doing stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. So they believe that they've knocked him out. Like they've immobilized him. Wizard has this weird tech that like is anti-gravity stuff. So he's like floating in the air. They think he's knocked out. They let their guard down long enough to mention uh, their client. And at this, Spider-Man wakes up because he was faking it. Yay. Um, <laughs> and clocks Wizard in the face and asks about this client. Problem is he's still immobilized because he still has the weird wizard tech on him. So Thundra's like, fuck you, dude, and tries to crush him with like a water tower because they're on a roof. I didn't mention that, but that's where fights happen. <laughs> always. I mean, it's a Spider-Man show. They're always on the roof. Yeah. So he's in danger. He's in yeah. danger on a roof. It's familiar. <laughs> that's when the other young S.H.I.E.L.D. members intervene. 
Huzzah! Huzzah! So they're there now. Together, the five of them are able to kind of clunkily battle the Frightful Four. Uh, but of course, we, as we know, those other four members are, are inexperienced. So Spider-Man still has to like, ensure that no civilians get hurt in this chaotic battle. And when the fighting lulls, he's able to chastise them for failing superheroing 101. We can protect ourselves. They can't. Which is a good little lesson. I, I appreciate. I appreciate this first. Uh, this first lesson in superheroing mm-hmm. is just protecting other people around them. Yeah, um, I yeah. do too. I really. I like this a lot. I wish. And again, I can see all of the ways they got to where they did in this episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking a lot for them to like really rearrange and rewrite certain pieces. So I'm not you know that I feel like calling my own self out on that, but like. I feel like if they just spent less time with that fucking motorcycle, yes. they could have built up much more organically to this moment. Um, like, it's a good moment. I, I don't think there's anything, like, super wrong with it. But, like, imagine if they built up to it, you know? Yeah, I mean, the motorcycle fight could have been... This could have been the second fight with the Frightful Four in the episode. The motorcycle yeah. fight... The motorcycle stuff could have been gone. And instead, that's a first fight with the Frightful Four that the team fails at because... Spider-Man has to be distracted by saving civilians from all their collateral damage. And that gets their ass beat by the faithful four and they have to retreat. And Spider-Man's like, dude, like you've got to be able to protect civilians at the same time, like in order or something could, like that, you know, I mean, he could even argue that that's part of his rationale for not wanting to be a part of this, right? Yeah. Like it's a mess. I can't, I can't control these yeah. four. Like I'm doing fine on my own. Not great, but fine. Right. And that could have been where he walks off. And then if they show up in this moment, having listened to him, right. Yeah. Taken what he said, seriously, you still kind of get to this moment and you flesh out their learning in more than like a, you know, momentary switch of like, yeah. ah, this guy's right. Yeah, then it, he seems like less of like a petty little baby when he quits the team because he doesn't <laughs> want to wear the team. You know, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he'll he looks better because that's that's the thing that I think I that that I think is a bit a bit of a struggle in these first two episodes is that um, I like how Spider Man is written sometimes, but there is a weird contradiction between his how like he is portrayed as being like inexperienced and childlike in one moment but then in another moment it's like well he's the mentor to these inexperienced kids who just don't trust him like and you can you can sort of play the dichotomy of that but i think that they can make it a little more smooth i think i think they could smooth it out a little bit more by what what you know what you were saying by just making that sort of arc of him working with that team a little more clear especially if he's not switching immediately into instructor mode like 2017 played with this right like like when Miles starts to superhero, Peter starts to mentor him, but it's not like he's, I don't know, he's hes like big brothering more than he's like, I am your teacher and here is your lesson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, this is, and part of that's because there's a build there, right? Like you mm-hmm. already see their relationship. Um, they're doing things together. Um, in this case, it's sort of just like he immediately switches into instructor mode, something he didn't want to even do. Right. <laughs> So right. I I don't know. It's I think if he had had a blow up at them and they took it seriously, it would have worked better. And then he could have seen like, okay, maybe I do have potential and I could refine my approach. Yeah, because at this point, you know, the way that it stands, there's still not really any reason that they should like take him seriously. Like what he's saying, especially is cor- White Tiger. Yeah, like what he's saying is correct, but they've only seen him fail the entire yeah. time that they've been observing him. So yeah. like I feel like they just be like, I don't believe you, and we're gonna keep doing what we're doing. Like there's yeah. no reason I guess to listen to him, you know. There is the one moment where he gestures down to all the people he just mm-hmm. saved. That's true. But you could you could you could 
give that some room, <laughs> you know? That needed to be a bigger moment because I do yeah. think that it should be something. I, I don't mind the idea of if Spider-Man's joining a team, it's with a team that like doesn't respect him and that is a mess and he has and he has to kind of prove that he can be a good leader to yeah. these people who aren't very good at it. And I, I feel like you could make that more of a moment of like, oh, this is why Spider-Man is such a good hero. It's not because he's particularly refined at how he fights. He's not. Yeah. It's that he knows where his priorities are in saving people um, against just fighting the villain, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and and they didn't even really see what he did. So it's yeah. not like, like, I wish that they, this sounds bad because I'm, I'm wishing that they failed harder, but I, they're fictional, so who cares? <laughs> like, I wish that they failed harder in the sense that, like, they witnessed what they almost did to the civilians and he, yeah. and then witnessed him basically clean up their mess in real time. Yeah, like, oh my where God, they're, we like, almost scared got people of, killed. Like, yeah. Um, Because they don't have very much experience. They've been out and about like maybe twice if all we've seen is what they've done. Right. Um, So the fact that like they don't I I get why they do it this way. I don't think it's the best way to do it. But the fact that they don't see it because they're too busy fighting and he then has to be like, hey, over here, I already did this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it hits as hard. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I like a lot of the ideas here, but execution d minus in my opinion yeah. i don't know if i'd go that low you just gotta uh, tighten some things you fan. guys not a fan not a fan. but <laughs> uh let's see so he gives them their lesson and then he delegates right so he says they should focus on here's where i'll give them i'll dock them some points because this doesn't make a lot of sense he instructs the four of them to focus on keeping people safe while he tackles the frightful four um but like that's not what plays out next, and there's no like consequence for it. So mm. I don't know. I, I think they were almost like too direct in having him direct them if they weren't going to follow up on it. Yeah. And I don't know that they picked the right people for him to delegate, right? Because like right. Iron yeah. Fist is the one that hangs out with him to like defeat them, and Iron Fist is like the chillest one who would be totally cool with like taking orders from some stranger, and White Tiger's the one who clearly doesn't trust him at all and is most opposed to him and she just like goes for it like goes for whatever he orders again if she saw the mistake that she made i could see it right like she's scared and she's like okay just tell me what to do um i don't know there's something about that moment that i'm more bothered by than the immediately preceding moment yeah, sorry, Paul like, Dini, creator of Harley Quinn and Batman Beyond. We're, that, yeah, we're be better, episode, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 TV I mean, so easy. <laughs> I, I have to, I have to imagine there were so many notes and rewrites on these first two episodes, given the well, there's written so by much committee. In them. Yeah, and given by the sort of written by committee vibe of uh, of how this show is conceived and everything, I feel like I, I do, I, I would be curious to see what Paul Dini's first draft of these episodes were versus what was on the screen. Cause I think even if he was on the same page of like the sense of humor and everything, I think that it maybe was probably wildly different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like, whatever, who are we? Like we can write our shit our way. They can write their shit their way. Like it doesn't matter. And we're also, we're Um, seeing it all after the fact on screen. Exactly. You know, we're seeing the final product and I think you can sort of criticize how the final product plays out. Even if it all sounded good on paper originally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And again, I'm not super down. I mean, I think we're in slightly different places. I'm not super down on this. I just think there are things that would have made some of the payoffs stronger. Yeah. 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 
Sure. So after all that happens, we're here, right? This is uh, when Otto receives a call from Norman, disappointed that Otto's agents, quote unquote, failed to stop or capture question mark spider-man who i assume knows. they're trying to capture him right like, well yeah because that's what their plan was right was to sort of turn him yeah. i don't know if they want to brainwash him or copy his powers or what the fuck they want to do but you know yeah, they want spider-man and i'm assuming he needs to be alive for whatever they're doing yeah so. yeah i guess this works the first time they needed to gather information so that this time they could actually capture him okay right. yeah yeah it makes yeah. sense uh but yeah he gives norman gives Otto a warning that he'll tolerate no more failures i bet Sounds- you you will yeah, probably. I bet you will. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I will be curious. To see, I I will be curious to see where the Stormonado stuff like goes and what we learn more about them as characters. Because so yeah. far we've been given pretty much absolutely nothing. So <laughs> I don't really yeah. know what to say other I than Otto like looks know. kind of ugly. That's really about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like I know, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Yeah. Well, later Spider-Man returns to the helicarrier and he does agree to join S.H.I.E.L.D.'s program on the condition that he is still permitted to continue operating solo as Spider-Man, which I think just means like, you got to give me space. I think he even says like, I need me time. So like, I'm not only going to do the things that S.H.I.E.L.D. says I have to do. Um, So he still gets a little bit of his freedom and Fury agrees. Yeah. This is the uh I like the uh the the spider parachute accidental de- deployment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't I didn't I get I, it's 2012 humor so I get why it's there. I think it would have been a funnier moment if Spider-Man didn't say awkward at the end of it. I think if it yeah. just deployed and this web parachute was over top of Spider-Man and Nick Fury standing face to face. And they just kept it for a beat of them just staring awkwardly at each other. That would be very, very funny and pretty much perfect. I would. Um, I, think I feel awk- like even in 2020 or 2020, I feel like even in 2012, like the way he's delivering the line awkward is like not. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I don't I know. Don't like it. I think it, it, it could have been cut entirely. It really for both instances. Hurts. For different the, reasons. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yes. 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 Uh. Yeah. In this one in particular, it just like turned a really funny moment into a ha moment. But yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I wonder. Hmm. Awkward count. We'll have to see. We'll awkward see if I remember. <laughs> I mean, we're at two, right? Did he say it in the first episode at all? I don't know. I don't know. We'll I mean, two episodes two. is not bad to rewatch, so we could I, I could go back and start. We'll see. Um, you can do that. I'm not interested. I'm not but... asking you to. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. So the episode ends here with Flash Thompson, Thompson, Flash, Flash Thompson uh, attempting to stuff Peter in a locker. But before he can, another student reverses this locker knocker, as Flash calls it, and shoves Flash into a locker. And Peter's like, what just happened? And turns around to see four students that he doesn't know, but who look strikingly similar to his new S.H.I.E.L.D. teammates, Danny, Luke, Sam, and Ava. Hmm. Okay. It's them. It's them. (laughs) It takes him a while to figure it out, but it's them. Yeah. Uh, They basically assure him, like, it's not going to be a big deal. I think Luke is the one who's like, your secret's safe with us, which is funny because it's like in the middle of the hallway that you're saying this, buddy. I know, right? Yeah. Um, 
And then Peter's like, I don't like this at all. And I get it. He lit- like yeah. part of his agreement was like, I need my space. Right. And the very first thing Nick Fury does, which is a very Nick Fury thing to do, is figure out a weird loophole way of basically forcing them all together all the time, right. which is to enroll all of them in Midtown High. So Peter's like, I want out. Transfer me out of Midtown High. I don't think that's how it works. No. Um, but it super doesn't work because it turns out the principal is now Agent Coulson. <laughs> so... I cool. hope the original Midtown principal who was replaced by Colson got like a really good severance package from Shield because of God, this. I really want to say that they addressed that at some point, but what? I don't know if that's wishful thinking. Not I that specific way. Imagine that they would Not that specific that. way. But I feel like like he really truly just does replace the principal. Yeah. I don't know. I can't imagine. I mean, I will be pleasantly surprised. They got enough episodes to do it. Like, even if it's just a joke, I feel like, yeah. I, I don't know why I think, I, I don't know why I think that's the case. It'll be very funny if they acknowledge that. Cause it it'll is be like, funny if literally anything I think I remember happening happens like 1% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. All fully false memories over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't, yeah. I kind of, again, we'll see where it goes. And I understand what they're doing with it in the context of the show and Peter Parker's frustration and reaction to it. I kind of hate the just the immediate, like, hardcore integration of the S.H.I.E.L.D. characters into Peter's high school life. Like, I know that that will cause, like, fun drama, but it's just like, God, there really is, like, absolutely no remnant of non-shield related spider-man stuff now like he will go to high school and all the shield characters including fucking agent colson's going to be there and be involved with that like there will be no reprieve from the non-spider-man stuff which is just a thing i have to get over but that that is a thing that i think for me and probably for other people is like immediately off-putting because it's like a clear indicator that like oh there's gonna be no like fun high school drama stuff really that's not going to have some kind of play into the superheroing thing now um and again, I get it. I'm not saying that it was a bad choice, but that is a thing that, like, for me, I will have to struggle with because I've just, I don't know. There's just something kind of off putting about no, that to me. I totally get it. I think it's, for me, it is the type of thing where it's like, my gut reaction is, I don't want this. Yeah. But I think sure. there is plenty of room where I could be convinced that it was actually a good idea yeah. because we at least know that Peter has Mary Jane, that he has Harry. Um, and that he has a life before this happened. And like you said, like it's clearly meant to be invasive. Like, I don't think they're trying to convince us that this is like a cool thing for S.H.I.E.L.D. to have done. Yeah. So as long as the show is willing to like explore that and make it an actual struggle for Peter. And like, I would love to see a breaking point at some at some point during this season early on where it's like, He's just truly trying to get away from S.H.I.E.L.D. for even a moment, you know, like then I feel like I can be more okay with it, even if it's not necessarily what I want, because I like Peter's traditional high school drama. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, optimistic, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, that they're doing this with a purpose, but I I don't I I don't know. It could go either way. I, I, I could be pleased. I could be super displeased we'll see yeah we'll see but i i also do not like shield being in every fucking crevice of his life 
Yeah, but I guess Peter doesn't either. So yeah. at least we're we're uh, sympathizing with the character. Yeah, Empath- empathizing and, and with the character. I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing with Peter Parker, right? Like sure. we're supposed to feel his annoyance. We're supposed to feel the things that that you know hurt, and his victories are supposed to be all the better for it. And that is something that I think is something you can only uniquely do with a an underage character, like a character that is sixteen, where it's mm-hmm. like he doesn't have control over this he can't just be like well i'm leaving like he does still have to go to school and like there is something really tragic as comedic as all of this is played, there is something really tragic about this kid who was just trying to like do good with the power that he's been given and um having his life completely upended by a bunch of these like adults and government organization that he has like literally no power sway in or no reprieve or no way to like push back on it at all. And you just got to go with it. Like there's something very relatable, like not in that specific scenario, but like, I think we can all remember being kids or teenagers and just being at the mercy of the adults in our lives, even mm-hmm. if it wasn't really in our best interests. And even if we, we knew that it wasn't good for us. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And just that feeling of like, okay, I feel like you've worn me down enough to sort of like agree to a little bit of this and then the door gets blasted open. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, I didn't agree to 100%. I agreed to trying 2%, you know? Right. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. It is is interesting stuff. um, Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. I think thematically so far, like I'm excited for the things they can explore. Like I think there's really good stuff they can dig into um thematically and character wise um it's just it'll be interesting when we get to next week because these two episodes this sort of like two-part pilot like really just crammed (laughs) so much establishing stuff not even just like background and exposition all that but like just so much foundation building for what we should expect moving forward um that i have to imagine even if the show keeps a certain pace that you know, it's got to slow down plot wise. Um, it's just yeah. gotta, it really does hit the ground running. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Full sprint. My God. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. 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 I haven't, I haven't, my excitement is not gone yet. I'm still excited no. to get into this one. Oh, I'm, I'm excited for all the conversations that are going to come yeah. from this show for sure. Um, one conversation includes the face of the episode. Oh my God. I, <laughs> th- it hurts me to look at this. <laughs> so when Peter is freaking out that, that, uh, that MJ might know he's Spider-Man, he has this like imagined spot of like the daily bugle expose, which in this context, the daily bugle is a magazine, not a newspaper, but it's his imagination. It doesn't matter. So it's like this magazine cover like caught on camera. And like, there is this just, beautifully grotesque drawing of Peter Parker falling, flipping over. And it's just, it's all, it's highly stylized. It looks like it's like out of freakazoid. Like, you know, like it feels like it's like that. Like it feels like, or like a Looney Tunes kind of thing. It doesn't feel of a piece with this show's Arctic style on on purpose. It's a bizarre drawing of him flipping over his like giant square jaw, like screaming in pain or something. I don't even know what's supposed to be happening on it. I mean, it it looks like he tripped forward and his entire body like folded behind (laughs) him like ass towards yeah. his the top of his head like it's, that's why like that's why i'm saying it hurts like just like imagining yeah. a body moving like that is like painful right 
And my other favorite part of it is that since it's a magazine, there's other little images and stuff on it. There's an image of Aunt May, like Aunt May tells all the shocking detail. <laughs> and the face that she's making, it looks like someone just farted. It is so yeah, funny. What is she I, even re- reacting to? <laughs> I don't understand the drawing, but it is so bizarre that I can't help but find it hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Very goofy. Yeah, very goofy. Is he, in this picture right above that, is he like half wearing pants? What is going on? That is so confusing. I guess he's taking the pants off. Is that what it is? I guess so. I think he's taking his pants off with a Spider-Man costume underneath it. <laughs> so weird. Very weird. <laughs> Very weird. Oh, you're right, magazine cover. I don't believe my eyes. <laughs> oh, man. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got... Well, a lot more of this to go. Yeah. I think part one, as fast and wild as it was, I know they're not technically part one and two, but it's obvious two parts. It is, yeah. Um, I like it better because I think even though it yes. is so fast and it packs so much in and has like a couple weird out of order moments, I do think there's like less to tighten up about it. This one, I feel like I just, there are certain parts where I'm just like so confused as to why um, they landed where they did when the possibilities were endless that I'm like, I can't get behind the second episode nearly as much. No fucking motorcycle, man. The motorcycle really kind of ruins the episode for me. Cause it really is like a bigger piece than I thought it would be. And there's so much stuff that they could have done in place of that. That would have made the episode. so stronger. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Keep motorcycles out of Spider-Man. There's enough (laughs) toys of motors, motorcycles. They would sell Regard whether or not you had him in a cartoon, I know like, kids will buy them. They don't need They're to be still still making to them. See them, right? Like they he doesn't need... have one in the MCU. They're still making them. Yeah, and kids will always buy fucking <laughs> motorcycles. It's yeah. fine. Don't put it in your goddamn show. Yeah, so uh, silly. we're gonna see. I know that we see it on the motorcycle again. I remember that from gifts that yeah. I've seen of the show. So I'm just bracing myself for that day again. <sighs> if they're gonna give him stupid shit like that, at least give it like give it even remotely a bit of sense of humor or personality. Yeah. Camp. Given, the reason given, we love the buggy is because at this point it's like campy and stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, given you a know? nice bright paint job. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. We got so many episodes. They got so many chances to, yeah. to remedy this motorcycle moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stay tuned. Yes. Yes. Well, stay tuned also to our Patreon at patreon.com slash walloping web snappers if you want to get lots of great bonus content bonus episodes it's a great place to go for lots of extra stuff and to help support us and if you'd like to chat with us and other listeners you can check out our discord we got a link to that in the show notes um always lots of great conversations going on in there Otherwise, Doug, where can we find you and everything you're working on? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also find me on a podcast called Novel Gaming I do with my friend Katie, where we catch up on all the media we've been consuming lately with a particular focus on books and video games. And if you like Pokemon, you can listen to me on another podcast here on the 4 Radio Network called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast. What about you, Derek? 
Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast, Gimmicks, which looks at the high-concept, experimental, structure-breaking, gimmicky episodes of television with a different show and guests for every episode. New episodes will be back in March. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts or on Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. You can also check out Doug and I's monthly podcast, Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we watched every Pixar film chronologically. We have done all episodes of it as of right now. So you can check out that backlog and catch up with it until the next Pixar movie comes out. And you can visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com for a full archive of all of our episodes of both Walloping Web Snappers and Falling with Style, as well as check out all of our, you know, uh, episode images and faces of the episode. <laughs> all of those things are accessible there if you want to see that horrendous magazine God, cover and that I just thought about grotesque drawing of Peter Parker <laughs> crumpling and cracking his bones and body uh. all over. Um, you also follow us and see those images on our twi- Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod, or you can email us at Walloping Web Snappers Podcast at gmail.com if you have any feedback or questions for us. Please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms that let you do that. And next week, the Shield team is going to compete to fight Doctor Doom. Oh, wow! Eighties throwback, right? Fuck. I just okay. What's wild is when you said that, I immediately, like, this episode just, like, rushed back into my memory. (laughs) I remember this episode, so, oh, boy. I can't wait. Oh, boy. That episode is called Doomed. (laughs) See you then. See ya. Pause for just a second. I mm-hmm. drank a lot of water and it's going through me. So You're good. I'll be right back. Good for you, honestly. Yeah, yeah. You said in the AMA you were going to be hydrated. Yeah. And here you are, delivering. When Spider-Man accepts Nick's... Nick's... Mm, wow. When Spider-Man... <laughs> Nixon's offer. Nixon's offer. When Spider-Man accepts Nick's... Why am I doing that? When Spider-Man accepts Nick Offerman... Yeah, Nick Fury's offer. Why was that so hard to say? (laughs) Uh...